today's going to be a little bit different. I normally don't do teasers. I do not usually say, you have to wait till the end. You won't believe what they said. I'm not a BuzzFeed scroll. I'm not trying to get you to stick around. But uh, today I am telling you, stick around. Now, don't worry about it. The middle of this podcast is incredible, filled with information, jam-packed with all kinds of applicable tips and hacks for you. I mean, these guys... I'll I'll tease this part right now. They doubled their square footage from their apartment and it only cost them $400 more a month in their payment and only $18,000 total to make the purchase. So I realize it's kind of a long episode right here, but I'm telling you stick around. If you don't have the time to listen to everything right now, fine, save it on your phone, listen to the rest later because I promise you, I have an ending to this podcast that I have never had happen in any interview podcast in all the interview podcasts that I've done. Stick around for this. Let's go. All right, everybody, I promised you some fun. This is, uh, Christina and Sean, and they are in, uh, where are you guys? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I Jersey. forgot already. New Jersey. New Jersey. That's what I thought. Oh yeah, of course. Constance. <laughs> I knew that. Okay. So uh, what I like to do at the beginning of every episode um, is uh, we're going to get into your whole story, but these people were like you were at the beginning of 2022. So now you have a time machine. Tell them some tips. What's your top tips for people who want to be like you someday? Um, I would say have perseverance. There's a lot of um, a lot of no's you'll get, but just keep going through it, and you'll eventually get that yes, like we did. It was very shocking. I love it, and especially if you go back to uh, the the episode. I don't know exactly where this one's going to mm. go, but um, we're recording this in the beginning of March. And I think like the day before or day after my birthday, if anybody wants to send me presents, my birthday's March 8th, <laughs> um, I dropped an urgent episode because bidding wars mm-hmm. are happening. I showed some people property today. Christina and Sean are awesome and are doing this on a Saturday <laughs> night. Um, either that or you guys just really don't party. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> No, you're homeowners, like the progressive guy. You're homeowners now. <laughs> Okay, I like that. Christina, how about you? What what's your tip besides perseverance? Um don't think that you can't do it when you don't really have the professional answer. Don't not make that call. Make the call and then find out where you are at. Don't just assume that your situation means you can't do it. Girl, there's like 15 things <laughs> in there that like I could do podcasts about. Uh, but, but let's go to the big one, make the call, make the call, make the call. There are, there are the 15 things are, there are 15 different reasons why people don't call. Um, many of them involve fear, Mm -hmm. but I, I even like to put it on the other side. A lot of them involve the fact that the industry sucks and didn't tell you this stuff. So you just don't know that you're ready. And some of it involves people thinking that they know more than they do. And I don't like to talk about that because I sound like a meanie. <laughs> but y'all don't do this on your own. Nah. You know, as I've said before, if you, you know, have to go to court, you don't read all the law books. You hire yep. a good lawyer. Yeah. 
So exactly. Okay, so you. All right, there. There's some tips, everybody. Now we're going to get a little backstory. I know that you guys reached out to me in July. Yes. Okay, you reached out to me in July in 2022. Tell everybody when you closed on a home. September 29th, 2022. So you reached out to me on July 7th. On July 6th, you, as you said, didn't make the call <laughs> yet. Didn't know for sure. And August, September, like seriously, guys, that's 10 yeah, weeks. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> okay. So tell us, so tell us what was your story? You, you were, were, are you, you guys obviously have like good jobs and when we're prepared and had a lot of money and perfect credit, right? <laughs> Far from it. Far from it. Far from um, it. No. Uh, okay. All right. You want to start from the beginning? <laughs> like of when I started thinking about buying a house? <laughs> Yeah, give okay. me give me the details. All right. So, um our credit was in the toilet in the beginning of 2022. And actually the story kind of starts in late 2019. I picked up a book called Bad with Money from Gabby Dunn, which I heard your episode with her the other day. No way. Yes. That was the first financial book I picked up because it didn't look like it was crunching numbers. It looked fun. It looked relatable. So I read that and I was like, okay, I'm really bad with money. My husband's bad with money. Yep. Let's just Google <laughs> some other financial stuff. That led me to Dave Ramsey, which I've heard you talk about. So I would say beginning right, right before the pandemic, um, we started the budgeting, Dave Ramsey principles, getting out of debt, and we had no consumer debt. We had no car loans. We had no credit cards. It was a bunch of medical debt. And, uh, using his principles, we ended up starting in March of 2022. We saved up a bunch of money and we paid off all our debt, but then realized when we looked at our credit, our credit was still in the toilet. <laughs> and so all the delinquencies came off, but we had no lines of credit. So then I, our goal was always to buy a house and uh, we were renting at the time and the rent was pretty steep for a little house. Mm -hmm. And um, so anyway, so I got on the internet and I just Googled how to buy a home and thank God <laughs> your podcast is how to buy a home podcast because I love podcasts. So oh. I listening to you and you know some episodes were about the market and i didn't feel like i was there yet but then i just started scrolling because you had so many episodes yeah mm -hmm. yeah 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 i saw credit and i realized your podcast you didn't have to watch it in order or listen to it in order so then yes. i just happened to pick one about credit and you had a, a lady on there i don't remember her name but you had a lady talking about credit Genie the credit um, genie. Genie the credit yeah, genie. Yes, yes. And I realized like we had such bad credit just because we didn't establish any credit. And mm -hmm. the credit we did establish when we were 18, we didn't know how to use. So um, you guys talked a little bit about secured credit cards to start off with. <gasps> So we, we went out and, uh, we did talk to his brother-in-law, which is phenomenal. His credit score is amazing. <laughs> and he did agree with everybody. Like you need to do this. 
So we got three credit cards, uh, secured credit cards, uh, one for me, one for him, and one that we were both on. And this was in March of 22. By June of 22, we both went from 550 credit scores to 700 just by putting $25 on each card a month for gas and paying it off. And Okay, I can I pause you? Yeah. Let's talk about something. When, when did you start with, hi, doggies, they're homeowners and have dogs. That's awesome. <laughs> when did you start with, with Dave Ramsey? Uh, late 2019, because I think I read Gabby Dunn in the summer of 19, mm -hmm. and then we started with Dave late 19. So I'd say maybe around November of 19 to March of the pandemic. No, no, that's wrong. 2021, March of 2021. So about 18 months, we worked Dave Ramsey, saved up enough money. And when we had the total amount in March of 2022, in one day, I called everybody, negotiated, paid everything off. And then in March, of was it, when did you go up from 500s to 700? Was so that- in March, we found you. So by April, we applied for the uh, secured cards and got them in April. And we did uh, one payment on each in May and one payment on each in June. And we went from 550s to 700s. Okay, so that's why I wanted to interrupt you. I have it now. Dave Ramsey, 2019. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, you saved money. Yes, you reduced your debt. Your credit score stayed in the toilet the whole time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 One little hack for me and Jeannie, the credit genie, which is that's that's my problem with Dave Ramsey is that he, they don't uh, he dumbs it down so much that you, he doesn't think you can do two things at once. Yeah. He doesn't think that you can be responsible enough. You got yourself in credit trouble oh my God, don't open a credit card. So let me explain to everyone, there are two big magic tricks. A, a authorized user, that's different than what they did. An authorized user is when you go and you ask your mom, will you put me on the credit card that you've had since 1982? Because that improves, improves on your credit pie. One of the wedges is history. What you guys did was get an authorized credit card, which... Dave Ramsey would even like, it's not a credit card. Can I please give you $500 yeah. and then you let me spend $500 except mm -hmm. I just use a credit card. It's, it's pretty much like using your debit card. The it, difference exactly. is, yeah, it's the same thing. You have to have the money in the account for you yeah. to use it. But, oh my God, Christina, we have tried <laughs> to do this interview forever. And I had no idea that you had a super nugget. I've never, <laughs> yes, I've never when, talked about this. Yes, and when we, when we I don't want to rag on Dave. I do want to uplift that you had such possibilities. Yes, <sighs> and that okay. was the piece that was missing with Dave Ramsey when we finally broke even. It was going to be years before we saved the down payment. Like we had enough for a decent down payment, but then with the whole COVID thing. It, you needed all kinds of gaps and, and all this like take it or leave it kind of stuff that we knew it would take forever to get 20% of that market. So that led us to you. And, and then it was 10 weeks. So 
but you hadn't saved because if you found us in March and then, you know, in a few months, your credit scores were up and then July, we hooked you up. Mm -hmm. So how much did you have to save in that time? I'm guessing it wasn't 20%. No, no, we, we put, we put down a, 5%. Um, and then uh, we were lucky enough. I'm in uh, nursing school for my RN degree. So we had saved up before I started because we knew I was going to stop working at my job and Sean would be the only one working. Mm-hmm. So that was supposed to be our little nest egg uh, to get through until I started working as a nurse. But our rent was going to go up. She wanted to sell the property, our landlord. So we were going to be putting out so much more money that we just said, you know what? Let me just reach out to this guy, Dave <laughs> Sedoni. And I'm like, my email's going to go in a black hole and it's never going to, you know, get anywhere. And you were so quick to respond to me. And I ran out to my husband's office and I'm like, he responded. He responded to me. This is real. <laughs> well, it's growing. I just had a, um, a come to Jesus with my unicorns uh, this week. I'm really excited to announce the podcast is hitting a million downloads. We'll wow. be way more than a million by the time this Congratulations. goes. Congratulations. <laughs> but, but I had to tell all my unicorns who are used to talking to me for the past four years that you can't call me anymore. Oh. You just have to text me. <laughs> I'm like, because because the reason why it's working for you guys is that either me or my team does respond to you. Yeah. Uh, because of situations like this, I I I... I don't want to play the regret game. I lived the regret game. I'm positive. You found me and it got done in 10 weeks. Awesome. Now we can look back at everybody else and say, hey, there are so, I mean, I'm like scribbling. There's so many things. If you're in school, and I'm going to ask you about that, but let me get like the three points. If you're in school, call anyway. Yes. All right. If you're trying to pay off a big medical thing, call anyway. We're yes. not going to take you out to buy a house this weekend. We're going to help you plan. If your credit stinks, call anyway. We're going to tell you about this little trick called a secured credit card. It's nothing, you know? So here's the question. Did you use potential future job or did you apply just through Sean? How did you apply for the loan? Both of you or just one of you? Um, we, we are actually both on it, which was one of the reservations because I thought I would never be on it. And then I thought his income, he would never qualify just on his income alone because his income is a little lopsided. His salary is a little bit less than his bonuses per year. Sean, are you like a, are you a base salary commission guy? Yes. Okay. So are you, are you... Do they W-2 that, W-4 it, or do you get part of it 1099, or how's it work? I believe it's not. Nah, it's straight through it's his straight through, paycheck, yeah. his W-2. It's straight through your paycheck. Yeah. But, yeah, but then you have to, okay, so another nugget, don't worry about it if you're a base and commission person. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have a lot of intricate things that I've heard come up on your podcast that stop people from applying and stop people from making the call. One spouse is not working, young children, husband's on commission or wife's on commission. And all of these things I thought were stop signs, like, no, can't do it yet. Nope. Can't do it yet. And 
it's like I made the call and it was, now it won't be for everybody, but for us, it was almost all green lights. Go, 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 go. That's the name of the podcast. That's the name of your, that's the name of your podcast. How to yeah. beat the stop signs. Yeah. And I how, to beat the, how to beat the stop signs, the green light interview. <laughs> and I didn't feel like what you hear from 2008. I didn't feel like people were like, oh, yeah, you're going to be able to pay it. And just gave me a loan knowing that it was going to fail. I, they really walked me through it. Um, they, you know, fine tooth combed everything. And I originally thought when I made the call to the people you recommended that I really was just going to get the counseling stage. Like you're not ready yet, but this is what you should do. And it, they're like, no, you're in a better position than some people that we still give loans to. Like we're good. Like, let's go if you want to go. And we just kind of jumped off the cliff. (laughs) And, and, And which for the record, if you're not inside it every day, you don't understand it. But if you're approved for a loan, people will be to me like, okay, I'm glad I'm approved, but I don't want to be house poor. I don't want to do that 2008 and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, if you're approved for a loan, like it's hard to get a loan right now. If you're approved, it's just, you had so many stop signs that are myths that are, you know, uh, I, my credit's not there yet. I have to pay off a hundred percent of my debt. You know, let's think about it. If when you called Dave Ramsey, if you'd called Dave Sedoni at the same time, we would have worked on the credit, but maybe we would have not paid off all of the medical debt mm-hmm. and we would have kept 5% and saw, well, what if you still have like a 100 payment? Like you didn't have any other payments. You no, know what I mean? Not. Yeah. You could have played that. You could have played that save for cash, pay off the debt, work the credit score and and then I would have helped you get a house and then you would have been cursing at me because it would have been a pandemic and you would have been stuck in it the whole time. But uh, <laughs> So did you qual- did you bring in income? And I'm talking to you, Christina. Did you bring in income from the job before you graduated or did oh, yeah. you bring in income based on potential jobs? No, I, uh, well, we saved before I actually resigned my position, but it wasn't for the intent to buy a house. So we did after we saved enough to pay off the debt. Our, uh, we're open to talking about it. Our medical debt was okay. around 12000 We actually ended up saving around 25000 I think. So we did have a good nest egg after we paid off the debt from that 18 months of working Dave Ramsey's plan. But when I went into it for the house, um, they didn't even want to hear about me being in school or or potential jobs or anything. They're like, Sean's income is good. And whatever you make, <clears throat> this was the best part. They're like, when you start working and you have a dual income because the rates were higher, they're like, my mortgage broker was like, give it two years. They're going to come down and then you're going to refinance with a dual income. You're going to have a lower rate and it's actually going to work in your benefit. So that's why they based it solely on his so that, yes, the payment was a little higher, but we, we it was in our budget. It was in our budget that we didn't even realize until I listened to your podcast <laughs> about how much can you really flex your budget. So. That's awesome. Okay, so you so you ended up even though you had another job that wasn't the the nursing job, mm-hmm. you had a a college job, you know. Uh, yeah, for part I, of it, yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I always call that the pizza place job because yeah. in the eighties and nineties, everyone who went to college, they all worked at the pizza place. 
So, you know, it's like you have that job while you're going to school because you had Sean, your income from the college job was, was just gravy. It was extra. And it may, it might've pushed your approval up a little bit, but I'm guessing it was, you know, 60, 40, 70, 30. Yeah, mostly Sean's. I didn't bring in much. Okay. So 90, yeah. 10, but no. it's still different. No. That's yeah. still different. I mean, you, anything you brought in could be a little bit, but what is really interesting about that and what you talked about, we're on real high finance level. These are my first buyer consultations with people. And it is that you're young, you're going to make more and you are, are assuming that you're going to do this career. And yes, like if I had that conversation today with somebody, March, 2023 rates are at six and a half. I'm telling you, they're not going to be at six and a half forever. Mm. And I just had this conversation on the last podcast was last interview. There's two things. Your income goes up and the rates will go down. And in the next couple of years, like you guys, your rent was going to go up anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's three things. Yeah. So, okay. So we hooked you up with the unicorn. Tell us the story. Cause oh my God, 10 weeks, how'd it go? Um, it, it was fast case and, uh, the, the, um, market was a little crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we got hooked up with, uh, Constance and within like, I think the first weekend after talking to her, she sent us, um, you know, a bunch of houses that her company was listing. She also said if we had anything on Zillow, we wanted to see, send it to her. She'll make arrangements. So we in total went out six weekends, mm-hmm. six weekends looking for houses. And we would probably see at minimum two. I think the maximum we saw the last weekend was four. But um, the first round we went out, we found a house that we liked. We weren't in love with it. But we did bid. We kind of just wanted to see how to do it and like where it would go. So we bid just, um, I think we bid like 20 over and, but no um, structure to our bid. Like I found out the next week when I listened to your podcast about how to structure your bid in this economy. Ah. So didn't get it. We got turned down. Um, Second weekend, we put another offer in. Beautiful house. We really, really liked that one. Put uh, offered 30 over with no structure, got turned down. By the third weekend, we didn't 30, want 30 over what price point? 200s, 300s, 400s? It, you was, guys were- it was listed for uh, two, 245, I think. 245, yeah. or wow. 45, and we offered, it might have been That's listed a for big 250, one. and we offered 280. That's, and we yeah. got shot down for a, a buyer that, um, that uh, came in cash. So yeah, so they they got the price they wanted at the two forty or two fifty, but it was cash, and we had a um we had a conventional, so they didn't want to do that. Yeah, cash cash in hand versus a loan. Yeah, that there are some sellers that don't see even if Constance or me or whoever sells it mm-hmm. and says it's good, it's good, it's good. There are still some sales. Not to mention it's time, like yeah. they can close super quick. So, yeah. all right, this is, this is great. I haven't gone through a full, because this is about normal six yeah. weekends. What was abnormal was you called and realized that Constance, me, and the mortgage broker just bulldozed all your stop signs. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. 
The so they keep going. The fifth weekend, um, I don't think we saw anything. I think we we that was the weekend we bid on a house, and it was it was very nice. But then in 24 hours, we were doing more research of the school district, the crime rate, and found out beautiful neighborhood, terrible district, terrible crime rate. Like right across the street was just where you know it was just rough it was rough so we actually didn't know that we could withdraw a bid and we called connie i called connie and i was like ready to cry (laughs) and she's like no no we're good it's okay we're taking it out that's fine i'm and she was so supportive Mm -hmm. like so like i'm glad you found this out i would have hated to sold you a house that you were not comfortable in huge point supportive of stopping you from buying a house mm-hmm. because you are not a paycheck. You yes. are a client for life. Connie is now going to, her business is going to grow mm-hmm. based on the fact that she was straight with you guys. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. I, I, I like huge. that. I like that a lot. And, and that's what made me really feel more confident in the process, actually, you know? And then the last weekend was the, Last weekend of August, 2022. Now I was set to go back for my last year of nursing school and I'm in the hospital five days a week working for my clinical hours. So I told my husband that That's day, your cutoff. that I'm done. Yep, we're like, done. <laughs> like I've, yep. we've had four turndowns. Like I'm done. This is the weekend. If we don't find anything, you know, I love Connie. We'll just let her know. Maybe we'll hold off till 2023. And uh, we went out and it's, it's, it's the dream story. We went out, we saw four houses, uh, all in different neighborhoods, but around the same area, um, price points around the same, but, um, two of them were priced very close together, but one was 1100 square feet. And the other one was 1850 square feet. And I'm like, how is that (laughs) such so different? Like, I, I don't understand this. But anyway, we like them. We put uh, four bids. Uh, Connie, Connie's like, this is unusual in a different market. <laughs> we do not do multiple bids. But in this market, we're doing them. Tell me how many and we're putting it out there because I feel so bad that you haven't you know, got a catch yet. Four bids. It was a Saturday since we do everything on Saturdays. <laughs> and, yes. <laughs> uh, it's by Saturday night. The one that we were in on accepted our offer. By Sunday morning, the two that we were like, okay, one he really loved, mm-hmm. and one that I was like, uh, okay, I I can make it work, accepted our offer. And then Connie said, it's the weekend. They usually wait till Monday to start pulling up contracts. Let's just hold out Sunday night for that one house you guys really, really liked. Sunday night. We get the fourth offer accepted. We got to pick between all four houses and we got the 1,800 square foot one. So we went from living in 944 square feet to 1,850 square feet, full basement, um, second floor, three bedrooms. It it just fit everything that Mm -hmm. we needed. Okay, I have so much to ask you about the bidding stuff, but before I ask, you budgeted and figured out was it a big jump from your rent to your mortgage payment or was it? And if so, was it something that you were prepared for because you Ted Lasso believe in the numbers once you got the, the, the green lights? It, um, 
it it was a large increase, but the, the predicament we were in was we were paying sixteen hundred. It was the aftermath of the like pandemic where rentals were skyrocketing. Yeah. We've been with our landlord for eight years and she's an older single woman and she called us and she's like, Listen, you've been great tenants, never been late, but if I don't up you guys the $2,000 a month for a two bedroom, 944 square feet, then I have to sell. And I was like, $2,000 for this. We started off in 2016 paying $1,300 for this. And, you know, I, I kind of said, okay to her. And then I started looking for rentals at first when we paid off the debt. And I'm like, we got to get a three bedroom. We had a kid. Now we outgrew this house and three bedrooms in New Jersey were 22, 2,400. And that's what made me make the call. I'm like, let's see what a so mortgage where, is. So where's your, where, where's your mortgage now all in? 2,600. Okay. So, so about a this is, difference. this is what I hear. You were going to be 2000 or 2,200. Yes. Mm -hmm. And for 5% down, you increase your monthly payment by four hundred to six hundred dollars yes. from two thousand to twenty two. You increased by four hundred dollars, mm -hmm. and you went from nine hundred and forty four square feet to eighteen fifty. Yep. Yes, you almost doubled and have a big basement for yes. four hundred dollars a month. Yep. Yes, okay, yep. that is another bulldoze. Yes, of somebody's mindset. <laughs> Okay, now let's go back to the fun stuff. Oh my God, you got four in one weekend and it was right when you, and this happens all the time. School, work, you know, there. if I don't get in by the school district time, this happens to us a lot in yeah. August. Not just people, adults going to school, mm -hmm. but it's kids or whatever, and it happens. Um, and there's a significant drop off in September, October. So you got all four. Now, why do you think between... The first offers one in week one through five and week six. What do, were there any reasons why you think those offers got accepted? Yes. Um, a key word that you taught me appraisal gap. <gasps> yes. <laughs> so we didn't structure our bids in the beginning. We just offered and, you know, we just we, let them fly. We were uninformed. So we were like, bid over, bid over. And uh, that wasn't working out too well. So I'm like, why won't people take our money? <laughs> like, so, yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> it isn't it depressing. Like, <laughs> hi, hi. You said I want to sell my house for two forty. I just gave you two seventy. Take my money. Nah, no yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is going on? Well, that's why. Again, all of this, I see why Sean. You said at the beginning, what's your nugget? What's your hot hot uh, your hot take? <laughs> Yeah. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are the story. So did you end up having to pay? And if you don't know what the appraisal gap is, everybody, scroll through the titles and look for uh, bidding wars and how to win them. It's in there somewhere. Um, and I'm probably going to have to do it again because since you guys bought, it slowed down and now it's back. So yeah. it's back, which is good for you. You're going to get some equity. Um, <laughs> so how did you end up paying on the appraisal gap or did it appraise for the high price? No, it, it appraised over value. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. Our our offer was three oh five. It was listed for two eighty nine nine. I think right. Two eighty nine nine. Two eighty nine nine. Uh, we offered 305. It was an open house that day. So many people were here. It was the first day on the market. And we offered 305, really thinking like, that's not a lot over. So, but our appraisal gap was 10,000. And uh, right. they mm-hmm. took it. And then there, there's been less, obviously, than 10,000 of work that we've done. And um, yeah, that's what I was kind of like biting my nails on. I'm like, oh, that's really going to squeeze us that 10,000 appraisal gap. Yep. But it ended up valuing at three fifteen. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Everybody out there, I'll give you a quick thumbnail. So the house was listed at two eighty five. They decided to offer three oh five. So what they said was, "We're going to pay you three hundred five thousand dollars." Now, if the house doesn't appraise for that, we're going to back out, but or or renegotiate with you. But by having a ten thousand dollar appraisal gap, they're saying. We're offering you 285 or we're offering you 305, but if appraises for 295, we're still going to pay that. And that's what we're at, you know, because of the 305 minus the 10. So it's confusing everybody. Go listen to the episode. But the point is by, by acknowledging that should the house not appraise for this price, we're still going to buy it up to $10,000 worth of difference. Um, and, but the beautiful thing is if it appraises, then you get the loan for the whole 305 and you're not out of pocket any more than you would have been. Yes. And it appraised for 315. So to even more confuse you, if you've never heard of this before, (laughs) this is $10,000 again, except in this case, you got $10,000 of instant equity. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Only, you only paid $305,000 that somebody before you signed the final checks Mm -hmm. said, Oh, by the way, this is worth 10 K more than that seller selling selling it to you. Yes. And we don't have to disclose that to the seller. We just have to tell us. We just have to tell the seller the house appraised. Thank you. Oh, I'm still nice. learning. I'm still learning. Yeah. Dave. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm, I'm, trust me, Connie didn't tell him that. Because <laughs> that's that that's because the appraisal's yours. You pay for it. Yes. Cool. Yes. yes. We got all the inspections. We had everything done. Um, it is an older house. It was built in 1959, uh, but it was a generational house. It was built for one family, and they lived their generations in it, and they sold. Um, one thing, I guess, when we get into like uh, how the structure of closing it went. Um, that yeah. was a little different for mm-hmm. us than it was kind of very, very fearful for us because we signed, we were ready to go. And then in that 30 day window before closing, we found out that they did not disclose to us. It was an estate and there were six siblings that had to sign off in different states. So my mortgage broker was running his butt his around. Yeah. Yes. And it almost came to probate court and we almost, you know, those 30 days. <laughs> well, that uh, in again, just because I know how this works, that appraisal helped. So um, in some capacity that it appraised at value. But yeah, that should have been disclosed up front that this was an estate sale, because in California, you have to say 
This is an estate sale we call it in California a trust sale with no court approval, but or one with court approval. So you guys avoided the court approval, but no court approval can still suck because all six siblings and who knows if they hate each other, who knows how much they're getting out of it, who knows if someone, you know, thinks that the house should be worth $450,000 because it's Jersey. And like, they want, you know, yeah. they think that's the expensive part of the country. <laughs> so, yeah, you got more behind the scenes. Um, yes. All the more reason why a unicorn team is so important. Mm -hmm. um, the you lender, the lender came from Connie, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah, it was her. Okay, so, one. so yeah. So what the listeners need to understand is, is when you start with an online lender and then get a realtor, that online lender doesn't give a crap about mm -hmm. the realtor. Yeah. If Connie says, I have a good realtor for you, you decide if you want to use them or, or not. There is no financial compensation back to Connie, the unicorn. Right. But that lender has mm -hmm. to do a great job so that Connie keeps recommending him. Yes. And so that lender bent, bent over backwards for uh, six people. Wow. Yes. Woo. He was great. And he knew right off the bat with me, like I'm a nervous Nelly and I have anxiety. And mm -hmm. he was, Connie and him both were so great because he was like, text me anytime, call me anytime. I will answer if we have to do things, you know, off business hours because my husband works eight to five. We did everything on Saturdays, which was amazing. And wow. he's like, text me anytime. So when, you know, problems arose or I wasn't sure about some paper I'm signing. And there's a very, there's a part of the whole deal that you get a lot of papers in a very short amount of time and you got to get them done. And I was texting like, oh my God, do I sign this? I don't know what this means. And he was amazing. And I'm so glad you recommended Connie and Connie recommended him mm -hmm. because he knew what type of person he was dealing with. I am meticulous. I am organized. <laughs> I know where every paper is at any moment he needed it or requested it. But if I don't understand something, I'm not signing it. And he took that time with me. Well, see, and that's the thing. I tell people like, for me, if I met someone like you, first of all, I would be like, oh, this is this is going to be fun. You know, Christine <laughs> and Sean, they're going to be fun. This is going to be yeah. great. But then I would be like, okay, first, tell me about, uh, so which mental health medication are you on? We'll compare. I'll show my, I'll show me you mine. You show me yours. <laughs> cool. Um, and then you tell me, how do you like to be talked to? And then, okay, I'll walk through. It's the first time you've done it. We do it every day, but I gl I'm glad when people are meticulous because that means you're not going to get foreclosed on in six months because I pulled the wool over your eyes and made you buy a house that you shouldn't buy. Right. You know, this is great. Yeah. Oh, my. I cannot believe it. So you ended up 305 with a home that was worth 315, which um, call Connie and ask her to send you the home bot um, that we, we, we gave all the unicorns this thing that'll tell you the value that's better than Zillow. Uh, and probably next month, I bet you'll be up over that. Wow. Yes, because... I actually get it from you every month. And I always- Oh, you get the HomeBot? Yes. Oh, cool. I always click on it and watch. <laughs> My girl uh, from episode 54, Madison, she's the one who loves the HomeBot. It's like her favorite thing in the world. Yeah, um, I love it. Yeah, well, it's going to go up now. I had I had a circus open house today like you had in August. 
of 2022. And wow. supposedly the market's not good right now. Yeah. I had a circus open house. It was crazy. It was a, uh, it's one of those streets where, um, the, the, the house was at the end of the street and there's only houses on one side of the street. Mm-hmm. So the other side is just a, like a view. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about 10 houses long that people had just parked right there wow. with no, wow. no driveways to block. It was just straight cars. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it, it was like there was a concert at the end of the street. It was, <laughs> it's, it's, it's getting nuts, but perseverance, mm-hmm. perseverance. Yeah. Love it. That's a big, that's a big thing in my family household um, for my kids, but I never realized that uh, it was going to be part of my job. <laughs> it truly is. Okay. Anything else? A- any, any, any other things that, uh, that you went, Oh, I want to make sure I tell people about this. Surprises, uh, hacks, besides listen to my podcast and get a unicorn <laughs> understood. <laughs> Yeah, definitely don't limit yourself um, when you're unsure about your income or you're unsure where you stand. Knowledge is power. And the more knowledge I gain, the more confidence I gain. And then I I'm the researcher and then I can pass that on to my husband. And he was like my level headed like. No, you're being a little neurotic there, babe. Or, <laughs> you know, trust the process. You know, we got good people. So it was just, I was so surprised how fast it happened because we both come from families that our parents never owned a house. And wow. we are first generation home owners. And uh, it's it feels amazing mm-hmm. to be able to do that in this economy and... Just don't give up. That's why I really kept wanting to do this interview because I never thought I'd be a homeowner. I don't think. No, never thought it. You know, and our parents didn't. They didn't have the means. And um, we have a four-year-old daughter. And I am just so glad that we're starting our uh, generational legacy of wealth for her. It's so amazing to me. Like, I'm it's you guys do things on Saturdays and, and that's when you can do it. I showed houses and and it's like almost seven o'clock here. I'm in my office and there's obviously nobody else here. And I'm like, I'm tearing up and getting chills. And I, I, I've talked, well, I've talked to Connie about you. You got to understand, like people thought I was crazy when I did this. And I said, people need this. Mm -hmm. People need this a first generation buyer i mean you guys are cool we can laugh um and have fun uh but what's hysterical to me is like do you realize what like an adult tony robbins like you first thing you said perseverance then you said don't limit yourself like you're a freaking self-help guru (laughs) but you're just telling but you're just you guys are just telling your story yeah you're making me cry and i know connie has been in the business for a long time. Yes. And everybody around her and, and everyone in the industry is like, why are you wasting your time with first time home buyers? Six weekends you have to spend because there are some people in some industries that are still good people. Mm-hmm. Yes. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of business behind this too. Mm-hmm. I know that by doing this, I get to have fun, you know, and I, I get to be emotional about you guys you know, the fact that you wanted to tell your story 
yeah. you know, and we had to, we canceled and I flaked once and, you know, we tried <laughs> to get this interview over and over and over and over again. But I don't think people understand how important it is to hear that you are a first generation. Yeah. And that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think I was going to cry. <laughs> oh my God. I'm really glad that you chose to do what you did, because if I didn't hear the inspiration from not only callers, but from you and you have this hype about you, you're like a hype man. Totally. I was having a bad day or something and I'd switch through all my podcasts and then I'd switch to you and you know, you'd be real about the market and you tell us where we stand. And, but you would always say at the end of your podcast, like, don't give up. And, and you know, and I kind of started showing him little yeah. by little and he kind of got on board. And, <laughs> you know, we wonder, we're like, how does this man make money if he's doing podcasts? But it, it's awesome. I'm like, he's a real real estate agent, babe. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, I, I, I just, like I said, I, I just, recently have talked to all my unicorns and said, I, I can't talk to you guys every day now because, you know, I, the goal was do a good, do a good deed. And, and there's enough people in Southern California that will hear it. Even though I'm helping people all over the United States and Canada. Now I get a little piece from every person, but it's not enough to pay my mortgage. Yeah. I'm in a million downloads now. So I'm like, okay, well, what if I have a bunch of unicorns and we're helping a bunch of people? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that was going to be a thing. And it really is now. And my own personal business is growing and it's a fun third act. <laughs> yes. My wife told me you're only happy when you were the first time home buyers. And that's when I quit and started this. And wow. oh. I get to go home tonight and she knows I'm a big emotional bag of goo. And <laughs> I'm going to walk in the door and she's going to look at me and she's going to go, oh, you had a good, she's going to go, you had a good interview because I would, I would make 10 times the money with some big bazillion dollar sale in Southern California. But then I would go work really hard with the first time home buyer. And she'd be like, you're so much happier. And this is act three for me. So I can do this in act three. I can be happy all day long. Um, this is awesome. You guys are the best first generation homeowners. Yes. And like pile of nuggets. I am <laughs> like people go back, grab your honey mustard and dip and dip into these <laughs> nuggets. There's all, everything. The Dave Ramsey stuff, the, the, um, the stop sign, the you just call. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's great. I've got 18 year olds that are calling me on the pod like right now. Hey, I heard the podcast and I'm like, cool. Here's one thing to do for a year. Call me when you're 19. You know, <laughs> and we're like, you know, yeah. but this is amazing. You guys are inspirational. What's really cool is your story warms my heart and I'm glad. Uh, but now, you know, it's awesome. In like a year or two years, people are going to be talking about Christina and Sean. And I didn't think I could do it till they said this. Oh, and then you guys, your story is inspirational. And that's why I asked you so many specific questions. Mm -hmm. uh, and to, because if I asked you just the mushy questions, I would cry. So that's <laughs> awesome. Yes, no, that's <laughs> why we wanted to do it. We want to make sure that other people have the chance that we didn't even think we had. And so you definitely have made a change on our life. So it's, Thank I you. want people to know that. Thank you. The cool thing is 
like when you really should call me and thank me is like 10 years from now. And, you know, and as I always say on the show, you'll be talking to my son. I'll be on a boat. He'll run the business. (laughs) But but it ain't sexy. But this is sexy. That's what's fun. Usually everything's 10 years, but your story, all the things from 2019 and, and to 10 weeks and to four bids. And I mean, and the last day, like you're my reality show. <laughs> yes. When you put it all together over a span of time, it may not look like that. But when we sat down and put it all together, we're like, holy crap, this happened to us. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yes. Well, keep talking to Connie and make sure you've got handymen lined up because I feel like after all this love fest, like tomorrow, your water heater is going to break. So (laughs) have have your home warranty in place. Have your good handyman. um, Pay for annually $75, a termite person and a um, air conditioning and heater person and probably something else that you guys have like radon and other crap that I don't know about. But like seriously, 75 bucks to have them come out and just know they're going to try to upsell you and wait till you find a good company. But preventative maintenance of a house is, is so I I'm a blown away when I go to sell houses and and they've never done an oil change to the house. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, just do that. And you guys are going to be a great shape. Awesome. Thank you. This was amazing. I, I, this is incredible. I had no idea this was going to go there. You guys are awesome. Everybody rewind, rewind, rewind. Go back before I start bawling and <laughs> listen to how important all these stories are um, because this is this is going to help you. And uh, uh, don't turn off the podcast when I say this right now, uh, but it, I think this is going to be time for a mid-podcast. You can do this, all right? There you go. Thank you guys so much. Stay tuned for a little bit more. Oh, uh, that got real. I'm truly a kind of a loss on how to wrap this one up. Did that interview last night. I, I went home because um, I couldn't figure out what I wanted to say. Uh, so now I'm coming back. I don't usually focus too much on the emotion of what I'm trying to do here. Because as a buyer, I, I get it. You don't care about the emotions. You hear so many incorrect emotional rants out there. Uh, so many different emotional uh, opinions about the home buying process that I don't want you to think that I'm trying to fight all those crazy, emotional, dramatic, uh, and oftentimes very negative things that people are telling you out there. I don't want you to think that I'm trying to fight that with some weird Pollyanna rainbows, butterflies, and ice cream, you know, uh, a counterpoint to that. Um, so instead I, I made the podcast and the goal was just educate and then make sure that I was spitting mad facts into this microphone, dropping all the knowledge, leading with education to combat some of those emotional things that you hear out there. And yeah, to combat those emotional haters. Let me briefly address the elephant in the room. Almost four years into doing the podcast and uh, blasting some of the worst dad jokes that have ever gone across the airways. Uh, Lots of rants, lots and lots of math and history lessons and several true life stories from other real life buyers out there. Yeah. If you were listening, you heard correctly. Hearing Christina and Sean's story made me cry. Because sometimes 
life can be hard. And I woke up five years ago at 47 years old and I realized that, hey, I'm 47 and I'm finally actually good at something. And, uh, you know, that something was inexplicably something that nobody else wanted to be good at. The entire industry thought that it was a worthless endeavor um, because they thought that working with first-time homebuyers was a not a worthwhile return on their time and energy. You know, thinking about, especially as an experienced agent, if you're going to be spending your time working with first-time homebuyers, then, you know, you're doing it wrong. It's a losing game and you can't make money that way. And the very, very few experienced agents that I knew that did think it was okay and, and enjoyed it the same way I do, some of the unicorns I know out there, uh, they weren't even really marketing to you. They were just kind of waiting for you to fall in their lap. And then they were happy because they love these stories too. And there's a lot that goes on in the real estate industry that's chasing money. Now, there's a lot that goes on in every industry like that. And I get it. But you know what? I also know a lot of teachers and cops and firemen, and they're not chasing money. They're just happy with their chosen vocation because they can make a difference in the world. Uh, I wasn't sure. You know, I grew up very, very much life's not about money. And uh, one thing I've learned now running this business, if you run a business, there's a lot more to be gained than just profits. <laughs> so when I had this crazy idea, I was 47. 47 years old. I took an entire year, so I probably started at 46, to go and convince myself this was something worthwhile and conceive uh, all the little pieces that you see that uh, became the podcast that started back in 2019. I did it because I wanted to follow my passion and serve people for a higher cause than money. And now, along the way, I've learned that I could very much also help the other people that I enjoyed uh, working with in my business, which is people who should buy a home and were financially in a position to, but just didn't have the correct information. So uh, with those two types of people, the people that need uh, a better playbook, working on a higher financial level, I wanted to make sure that I could explain to them all the benefits of being a first-time home buyer and jumping into it sooner rather than later. Uh, at the same time, I could also be talking to the people that thought they could never do it at all. And, you know, all these crazy things came along the way. I, I made up the, the unicorns. Uh, <laughs> you know, I made up uh, suddenly just out of my mouth one day, you can do this came out. And here we are. That's my job every single day. So now I love my job. I love these results. So I'm going to, you know, let you know right now as I'm in this emotional state, if, if you're here and you're still listening, uh, God bless you. Uh, you are a, a glutton for punishment, but I know you really want to do this. So start. I mean, I've given you all the steps that you need. Go back and listen to episode 164, Shoots and Ladders, The Game Board. The, the hacks, the tips, the tricks, the tools, it's all there in 164. And if you're putting up your own stop signs like Christina was, I say this to you with love, with my uh, emotions, 
on my sleeves if I was wearing a long sleeve shirt. Um, if you're putting up stop signs that don't exist, get off your ass. You're just making up those stop signs. If Sally from episode 161 can do it, and if everything you just heard from Christina and Sean, if, if those two stories don't make you think that the absolute most efficient and best way for you to do this is to get a professional opinion from trusted realtors and lenders, trusted unicorns, so that you don't continue to make what is a giant mistake of putting up non-existent figment of your imagination stop signs that you unfortunately heard about those stop signs from sources that don't care about you, that I guarantee you aren't telling this story and starting to tear up again. All right, these are people that don't have a clue and, and, and or people that are being overprotective and think they're helping you, uh, but maybe they haven't bought a home in five years or 10 years, but if they haven't bought a home in five weeks, they don't know. Or unfortunately, there's a lot of people who love li living in the drama. Um, I actually, at this point right now, I don't know what more I can do to show you and to get you to believe that this choice that I've made to start this podcast and what I'm doing has your best interest at heart. And damn it, this really matters to me. I don't care if you buy a home with me and I don't care if you do talk to a professional and find out that you really shouldn't be buying a home for two or three years. Awesome. That's the point. But I'm pretty darn sure that most of you out there are doing what Christina did and putting up imaginary stop signs and hearing their story and knowing that no one in their family had bought a home before, and they did. And there's video for this. I got to see them. I got to look them in the eyes. I wasn't the realtor. I didn't, you know, <laughs> the podcast made a little bit of money to keep the lights on from the unicorn, but definitely not enough for me to do my life and survive, but that matters to me. And it was really important. And I hope that you understand that it really means a lot to me to be able to hear somebody's story and know that their daughter, who's four years old right now, they already talked to me about, you know, we should call David when she's getting into college and buy her, a, you know, someplace that she can live in there. There's something has started. And that's pretty damn cool. Now, if you don't like all this emotional stuff, cool. Scrub back to the very top. Go back and listen to the whole episode again and just listen to them. Uh, or you can listen to 161 with Sally or 119 with Brianna or a whole bunch of the other interviews that are out there. Pick a title on deep topics uh, where you want more clarification. There are solo episodes on every single topic and several of the interview episodes with real people 
who go into topics like using your 401k or retirement, buying without two years on the job, or even buying or starting your application process while you're in college. We talk about complex financial hacks and strategies. We talk about shopping and negotiating tips, choosing the right realtor and lender, buying a multifamily home, and a bunch of other house hacks. There are credit tips going, uh, one homeowner went from unemployed to a homeowner in eight months. Talk about job transfers, expensive areas, and figuring out how to buy there, breaking a lease, co-signers, and in episode 109, it's Brian and Diana who were in pretty good shape, like those people I was talking about earlier, people who just didn't know, and start talking about it at a party, found the podcast. Brian went crazy and binged the whole thing in like three days, and four homes later, they went from thinking about it to keys in their hand. What did I say? Four homes? Four months. Oh my God, I'm a wreck right now. <sighs> so they bought a home in four months. Straight up for reals right now, if you're putting up your own stop signs, I am not saying that all of you will find a pro and be ready to buy a home in 10 weeks like Christina and Sean. Some of you are going to get the pro advice and find out that, damn, you need at least a year to plan. But that's okay. That's not a bad thing. Understand, get it, get the information, own it. Uh, or, you know, you can always go back and listen to Dave Ramsey like Christina and Sean did. And then it's going to be two, three, or four years uh, instead of just maybe one. And that's what? A couple, maybe three years of renting that you don't have to do. But, you know, since this episode inadvertently showed my true colors right now, then let me say this to most of you out there who likely can do this within a year, who likely can do this possibly in 10 weeks like they did, and if not, maybe 20 weeks or 30 weeks after 17 years of this and all of those interviews that I have on the podcast and all the topics that we've talked about with people and on me just telling you about it and all of those real life stories now that you know what this does to me and how it affects me, let me tell you again something very important. Get off your ass. I can't say it any clearer than that. Your stop signs that you think are real are wrong. <laughs> there it is. And if you still don't believe me, fine. I've got a plan for you. Uh, I've told you all that you need to know in the 160-something episodes, so you take four days like Aaron Rodgers and lock yourself in a dark room, uh, listen to every single episode on two times speed. Then, at the end of all of that, if you've heard absolutely everything I have to say, and you still don't believe me, find another podcast. But for most of you, you're going to come out of the dark room and get off your ass. The market is moving. You lose money every single day that you wait to start a plan. And I don't mean that you lose money because you have to buy a house in the next two or three weeks because the prices are so great. I mean that you lose money every day you wait because the longer you wait to start your plan, the less options you will have and the better deal you'll get when you're ready to buy. Go to howtobuyahome.com. There's a button right there. Ask David. Ask a question. What do you have to lose by just asking. So I finish the podcast, humbly yours, David. And you can do this.